This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello and welcome to the Carousel Podcast. Uh, this is Isaac Simpson. I have with me Swampist, the Swampist, Harrison Weinhold. That's right. Not a Jew somehow, even with that last name. Just pure German. Just the German as fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of German in there just on my dad's dad's side. But what's right. interesting is um, definitely been worked into some deals before because they thought it was a, a good mint. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and I've never and I know that it was maybe not the right thing to do, but I've never been I've never corrected anybody who's like, oh, yeah, this guy's Jewish. This guy's like Jewish. The vibes I give off. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have definitely. I'm half Puerto Rican, and right, some people Mexican. think like maybe Ashkenazi or something. Yeah, well, because once you have a little swarthy in there, it's like you could really be anything. Uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm, in, I get swarthier. The old, I get more and more Jewish looking the older I get. It's like it's like inescapable. I, like when I was younger, I didn't look Jewish at all. And it's like my nose just gets longer and my skin gets darker and I just like look more Jewish the older you are I, pretty smarty. Yeah, no, I didn't used to be like I used to be much more like Gentile looking um as Love a kid. It. But uh yeah, I don't mind. Whatever. It's like it's good. Like when I go to Mexico and shit, everybody just thinks I'm like a rich Mexican. Like it's like <laughs> yeah, I, I get I get along really well in like places like that. Oh yeah. That's uh, yeah, same with you, I, I would imagine. But yeah, um, I'm going to Puerto Rico, but we but my family actually fights uh, chickens in Puerto Rico. I have a, a large group of my family actually legitimately cockfights. Yeah, yeah. No joke like they're and it. What's weird is federally it's illegal in Puerto Rico and in Louisiana. That happened in 2018. Cockfights. Cockfighting and I think dogfighting. I think they did at the same time, but they they lumped in the cockfighting. But there has been no federal enforcement in Puerto Rico, so there's still stadiums you can go and watch the cockfight. Stadiums. Awesome. There's cockfighting stadiums. Yeah, and they're they're like miniature. They're awesome. You get like 500 people in there, and they're legit. There's food. There's there's bars. There's VIP. I'll sit. I'll send you the videos. It's literally it's like the greatest thing ever. And so like they bring out the chickens. They're like massaging the shoulders of the chickens. The cocks, the roosters, you know, and like they have like they'll, they have like they're holding up old portraits of like its father who won. <laughs> it's a whole thing. And it's really it's fucking awesome. And then you just go in there and you go rojo or azul and you yeah. just put your money. And one time I won a bet, but I didn't. The guy gave me the bet. And I was like, no, I think I lost. And everybody just said, like, dude, just go. Just leave. You should just leave right now. Like that guy's going to like maybe stab <laughs> you. It was cool. It's good and the food's good. I it's right next to the Ritz Carlton in Isla Verde in San Juan. Go see a cockfight every Thursday. Uh, I'm not a paid. I'm not paid by them or anything, but I endorse them. 
cockfighting. Yeah, cockfighting. I don't know. I've never, I've never seen a cockfight. I sort of wish I had. I've been to Mexico many times, but it's I, not yeah. that bad. Puerto Rico, dude. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's no. better. Yeah, I fucking I don't think they fight chickens in Mexico. Have you been to Mexico? No, I'm going this uh, coming year. I've never been to Mexico. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to know what I, I guess I should go to Puerto Rico. I fucking love Mexico, man. Like I just got back from Lisbon and I'm like, fuck Europe. This place really sucks. No, fucking blows, dude. I thought um, I thought like, you were going to come back with like a, a more hipster take on that. No, dude, it's just lame. It's just like, ugh. It's just like it, it like the, you go to Mexico, the food is spectacularly good. It's like everywhere you go, like every taco you have is just like the best fucking taco you've ever had. Every there's no rules. You can do whatever the you can do anything you want. Nobody cares. Anytime you would ever get in trouble for anything, you just give somebody $20 and your problem is over. I went in and out of Mexico with no passport recently. And I just gave somebody twenty dollars, oh, and that wow. was that is no no problem, no. <laughs> you know. And then you, like, were you what? in San Diego at some point? Do you, yeah, have you ever been? You've been to like Tijuana and all that. Oh, yeah. You've done yeah, that many, many times. I've done the whole thing. Done TJ. I love TJ. TJ is like one of my favorite places. Valle de Guadalupe, which is like inland Baja, is like my favorite place in the world. Best food. Yeah. And then you go to fucking Europe, and you think, oh, it's gonna be great. It's Europe. And then it's like, why would I ever come here ever again? I might as well just go to Mexico. Like, there's literally no point in going to Western Europe. Like, unless you're going to, like, Paris and you have, like, a connection. Or London is cool. But I'm just like, man, why would I? I have Mexico right here. Why would I ever go to Europe? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Puerto Rico is not as good as Mexico. If if that's how you felt, because... San Juan and New Orleans remind me a lot of each other. Oh, really? Okay. And they are just shitholes. They're great. I mean, I, then again, like I've kind of grown up in San Juan in some ways. I spent so many of like all so many months of my childhood I spent there, like in the summers and stuff. So maybe it's just like I just don't see it as much as a for you know if as like a tourist does. But it's like it's very. It reminds me a lot of New Orleans, which is where I live. So. For all the listeners. Yeah, you know, I used to live in New Orleans. We obviously, no. that, which I love, which I feel like is a uh, you should you got to do some sort of an event down here. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to come back. I they do miss do it, New Orleans you know, I, I do miss it New Orleans. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I I don't know what it's like these days. Is there still like? Um, do you ever go to a place called Bacchanal? Bacchanal wine, yeah, and yeah. the bottle. Oh, yeah, dude, that's still the best spot. One of the, you know, I tell everybody to go there. That was my, that was like when I figured out New Orleans, I started going there and I was like, this is what, yeah. you, want to do. you know, it's just like, it's like a backyard deep in the, in the, by the bar water. And you just get a bottle of wine, you just listen to great music and you just fucking chill. Like that's, that's how you do New Orleans. I think if, if that's a good night for you, then yeah, you can survive here. If you're somebody that needs to, be at you know doing bourbon street or you know needs to be part you can it's very easy to be degenerate here yes that definitely true and that's where i you know i learned to drink is in in new orleans because people just drink did you go to what didn't you go to gw too or american i went to gw did you go there for law school no i went to Tulane. that's why i was in new orleans i went to Tulane law okay so you went to gw undergrad i went to gw undergrad Tulane law yeah 
and I'm from Alexandria, Virginia, the great. That's where you're from? Yeah, born and raised. Nice. Good old Alexandria. Yeah, yeah. we actually have a lot in common. My family has a lot of uh, connections to Virginia as well. Fairfax, I think. Yeah, and, I uh, bet. Yeah, so it's like that whole connection is 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 uh the same. Jewish New Orleans mafia. That's a huge lot of Jews. A lot of Jews in New Orleans with a lot of money. I I was hanging out with them uh, a lot. I don't know though. New Orleans, it's like uh, so. Like, what's a what's a normal day for you? Do you go to like? Well, now that I'm working at the Blaze. I uh, head of growth at the blaze. I don't know if we said this head of growth. Eventually we'll get into less minutiae. I'm sure. But this is, I'll tell you exactly what my day is now. Now that I'm over new Orleans, I've been here a few years now. I'm over it. Right. So, but I still, I wake up, I'm playing with the kid making breakfast, uh, get started on emails Nine till about noon, I'm doing like straight work. But noon, I'm usually on the prowl for something pretty gross in New Orleans. And that can be some sort of weird po' boy that somebody's decided to do. <laughs> like a midday drunken. It's like a Monday afternoon. They're like, we're going to be at the brewery at noon. Yeah, we're doing yeah. a pop-up with this yeah. and some guy and there's like it's a really small town it's pretty incestuous so if you're a little bit of a foodie oh. uh, and you're a little bit pretentious like you kind of like especially and you're on instagram you'll see like a bunch of like cool little pop-ups here or there so i usually- totally remember that that was right when i was leaving that was really it was like the pizza pop-up at the place nobody knows yeah. about and you got to call the number and you got to like, you got to know the guy. And yeah, that's like, yeah. It's and such it's cool. A new- Sometimes it's just at a shitty bar. That's right. Like, yeah. And I live in, uh, I live in mid city. I'm at the end of uh, bank street. So I'm like right by bank street bar and, and mid city yacht club, which are like cool, really t- town. That was just starting when I was like, yeah, I think mid city yacht club was just starting. And like, we didn't have that bar you're talking about. That's that, Dude, that's like new. New Orleans is one of the last, uh, dying small towns in small cities, mid-sized small cities like of America. I don't really know like how to put it other than like growing up in the DC area, growing up in Northern Virginia. Um, my black friends, for example, fairly affluent, had both parents. Uh, all their parents had security clearances. Almost all of them went to college, uh, have college degrees, have, make money now, right? But they are um you know they're i would say they're sort of like moderate left just standard sort of democrats and they just sort of like parrot a lot of like the grievance mm-hmm. uh libtard stuff and then they they get real academic about it if it's like part of like what they do for a living and so um you know if they're in di- diversity or something like that it's so funny but and these are people i grew up with where like they didn't get in trouble you know they like it what the dc area is not racist it's it's ridiculous to even to really even say that um, it's where you can make like the the lowliest uh, floor mopper at uh, Chick-fil-A makes like $15 an hour and has for five years in the D.C. area. So it's like kind of a ridiculous notion that like that was like that's where all like the highest incomes of blacks are have been forever. And so but they're extremely liberal. And then you the, uh, the black people that I live around and actually interact with here um versus ones i grew up with like are based 
probably actually have a legitimate grievance that like the political system has been broken around them for a long time um, and doesn't work for them. Uh, all take their kids to church, you know, have kids and like, don't like any, like the woke stuff. So it's, it's kind of like um, in the South, I feel like the race relations are just so wildly different because pretty much all the men agree on everything. And like, I guess a lot of the women do too. It's just like a completely different, uh, completely different cultural day to day. I guess nobody's going to vote Republican here. I guess it's just like a thing. Blacks just don't vote Republican in, in New Orleans, but everybody here culturally, which maybe matters more, like is way more based than anybody I've ever met in DC. So that's the long and the short of that whole, uh, of the whole DC or DC to New Orleans swamp to swamp uh, difference that I've noticed. Hmm. You, I think you were also a wigger, correct? Were you, were you a wigger? <laughs> when up? I was growing up? Yeah. Not really. I like listened to 311 and. Oh, uh, okay. You were not. I was a little bit more of a pot smoker in high school. Uh, I played football. I did yeah. play football. We went to my junior year, played, uh, lost a state championship to Russell Wilson. And then my senior year, I uh, we went to the state championship and also lost different high school too. I was kind of good. I was a little bit good at football. But that was, uh, no, I was not a wigger. I want to be, I'm trying to be a wigger here a little bit more. Uh, okay. You're but it comes to, right you're through. Trying to you're trying to wigger. I actually LARP more than anything. I wear my Louisiana belt buckle. <laughs> do you do the belt buckle thing? Have you, like, yeah. You got like the big belt buckle? No cowboy hat, though. Do you do the boots? Oh, I got the cowboy hat. And you got, I got the hat? Oh, I got a couple yeah. hats, too. And boots or no, no boots. I have the boots. A lot of times they're uncomfortable and I don't wear them because I'm yeah. just too much of a bitch. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could pull that stuff off, man. You gotta. You need a certain like vibe. You know, now that I've been going to Dallas for the Blaze, it's funny. A bunch of people there are like not from Dallas. A lot of them are like you know, like L.A. You know, Matt Peterson, and he's like, dude, you just gotta go full tilt into you just the gotta own it you just gotta yeah you just gotta, gotta own the loan <laughs> it helps if you don't have like too many people who know you too well because then you can like do it but if you have people who know you like it's gonna be hard because nobody notices they don't care yeah, they don't care everybody they don't texas is all right i'm not a fan of texas i'm not a fan of dallas, dallas fucking is... sucks dallas i'm sorry is... i hate dallas, dallas sorry is a terrible everybody. place yeah it's just like bad it's a giant mall it's a mall it's right everywhere yeah it's like not Fort worth was tight i love going to fort worth i love larping in fort worth wearing my cowboy hat but what's the difference between dallas and fort worth no fort worth has like uh the stockyards it has that whole little old town where you can like see the cows they're walking down the street there's like fake shootouts and there's like a bunch of old-timey bars and everybody has their cowboy hat on everybody's larping together it's awesome Okay, it's a really, giant it's like family friendly, family yeah. friendly. It's nice. It's like, yeah, it's like a little Renaissance festival in the middle of Texas at all the time. So it's great. Oh, There's like always a bunch of Indian families there, which I kind of like because my kid's brown. So, yeah, right, right. Yeah, you have, you have is our Indian, strength. You have an Indian. Uh, Pakistani. My child's Pakistani. Pakistani. Nice. Yeah, actually, when I was there, my close friends were Indian and Jewish. Those were that was my crew in uh in New Orleans. I think Indians need to fucking I think we need to let the country be run by an Indian for a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, you don't, I don't you're know not a Vivek guy. You're not, I mean, it's like 
It's like, it's like, you know how, like you, when you're like surfing around and you're like, oh, I love this guy. And then you find out he's Jewish, like BAP. And you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh you know? I don't know. And by the way, I'm one I of no these. idea. What you're I can say about. this because I am one. But like, uh, like, it's kind of the same thing. You're like, why does Vivek have, can he just be like, why can't Not Vivek Jewish. just be white? But why can't he just be a white guy? Like, why does he have to be Indian? Because the, the whites like, are so cucked. Yeah, it's true. Whites exactly. are so cucked, dude. And Vivek wants to be white a little bit, I think. I don't know what he, I don't know what the vibe is. I can't, I, I don't, I can't figure it out, but he speaks so deeply to me. He really? just says you love you love I really you like him. It. And I think it's because I worked with Neil Patel at Daily Caller before and he was like an Indian psychopath, like a like a kind of a dictator psycho. Yeah. He's a great guy. I have nothing bad to say against him. He's a good dude. But I'm just saying I feel like the efficiency of an Indian who's like smart is like what we kind of need. Because the whole government's like a lot is just so midwit and retarded right now that we need like we need like we have them here. I don't want to like bring in a bunch of Indians, but we need just like an Indian president and an Indian uh, administration. I think Vivek's entire campaign is run by like his family. Is that and, true? Like, brother. Yeah. He doesn't use like outside consultants. I'm pretty sure it's like his brother and like three other dudes that he knows. I like that. I like a little bit of Indian mafia. Bring oh. him in here. Clean shit up. But with Trump as president, obviously, I don't want I don't want Vivek as a president right now. But I'm just saying you bring him in to like CEO while Trump is just out there being like actually like do the shit. Boom, boom. Yeah, I guess, man. I don't know. You know, I think uh, here's the and issue. I'm sorry for anybody. Do. Like the other thing is like, I'm sorry that this is all normie talk. This is not usually the stuff you get into. I feel like. No, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. I don't I don't have any rules for this. OK, good. I think the here's the problem I have with Indian people. Indian people. So I have many Indian friends. I've, I, you know, my girlfriend in college was Indian. Uh, my like college girlfriend was Indian, and uh, I mean she was more like Persian Indian. She was a Zoroastrian. Zoroastrian. Wow. It's like a weird like Persian Indian sect. It's an old religion, ancient religion. Yeah, Zoroastrians, yeah, the original yeah. religion. Of yeah, the they're like the original. Of yeah, Persia. so she was more like kind of Persian y vibes. Like she wasn't super Indian, but, uh, um. Like the thing about Indian people is any Indian person that you interact with is like the like rose on a giant heap of shit. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fucked up. I don't mean of shit because, you know, of like the racism part. Numbers I just mean game. like I, about I just, the numbers game. just the numbers game. Like you are yes. like you don't understand. Like that is like the absolute peak of an iceberg of 1 billion people and you're talking to like the best one of that whole giant heap and it's like they but they don't you don't really really realize that when you're actually talking to them you know you just think like oh this person's awesome and like really cool but then you don't realize like they're connected to like a billion people you know in this other place it's, so it's just kind of like weird i generally okay yes you're, I agree with that. You're 100% right, which is why we got to shut down the borders. But we got <laughs> yeah, it's like, who knows seven or eight good ones. Yeah, right. We Let's keep the let good them ones. clean this shit up and run it like a fucking. There's still profitable sun, subways, dude. Think about that. 
And yeah. I'm pretty sure they're all owned by Indians. 100% Indian owned. Company. And every now and then I catch myself going, I might go, I might stop by Subway. <laughs> I do it all the time. That's a legitimate thought that I have in my my brain because I know it's probably an Indian who's going to make me a fucking the exact same sandwich that I had when I was 12 years old. I was eight years old. Keeping yeah. it, keeping it going. That's all I'm saying. Vivek is smart. I like him. It's all that's all. And uh, the, I think the boomers like him. And I my goal in life is to connect to the boomers. This is ultimately this is like the marketing conversation. I feel like I wanted to have on this a little bit, which is like ultimately, which is like, how do we mark? How do I market to boomers? Right. How do we market to the base with red meat quality? Glenn Beck, you know, and okay. then how do we connect to what is the 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 new right? the dissident right, the new media, new thoughts, the new thought leaders of the right. And then how do I navigate all that? How do we bring both of those audiences and then navigate that without like fucking everything up, you know, without ruining everything. And, and then how do I do that? Make money and actually make and actually come up with a, a viable business model. And that that's like the, that is the the rub of all of this. And so that's uh you know. well, so let's talk about this. I mean, this is something that people bring up all the time, which is, you know, how the the boomer cons, which is the large group of conservatives, how do you like connect them into the you know, dissident right, the intellectual right, which is where like you and I hang out on Twitter? Um, so how do you, is I mean, that like, the goal, but, but like, right. Is that the goal? Like, why does it seems to me like the one group needs the other and the other group doesn't need like the actual right wing in America doesn't give a shit about the fucking dissident, right? They don't care. They don't need us. Like they don't give a shit. Like what do they, they don't fucking care who Nietzsche is like what the, they don't care about that. You know, right. like like Trump. I I love when the dissident right like tries to claim Trump. I'm like, none of you fucking. They didn't do shit for Trump. You know, like, are you kidding? Like Moldbug, Moldbug doesn't even like Trump. Are, are we're we're sitting around like pretending that like, you know, fucking Peter Thiel bros like had anything to do with Trump? Like, no, nothing. They they can't claim that at all. Well, and where did that? When did that connection even start? Yeah, it's they they is that just a, is later. that a Bannon is that a Bannon thing? Yeah, okay, so right, the connection would have been Bannon, right? Bannon would have been the Bannon would have been the connection there. I forgot Bannon about and that. Bannon and Bap were like yeah, that was kinda, on Twitter, right? Basically, yeah. that's it. Well, I mean, I think Bannon. It wasn't Bap. It was more. I don't. Have think you seen? Have you seen the whole thing with Matt, Matthew Peterson and this guy Haywood and uh, Charles Haywood? Charles Haywood, yeah, like Charles how they're, Haywood was they're like Nazis local. and stuff, right? Or or they're saying they're like anti-constitutionalists or anything, something like that. And then Glenn Beck goes on radio, and it's like totally reads the riot act, basically about our new editor, which is so epic, which is just awesome because like. I I hope like people understand that sounds a little bit hectic, but like that is sort of like the blaze. Like nobody's like checking what anybody is talking about. Like Alex Stein is doing wild shit by himself. You got uh you you got uh Doyle. Um, I think he's one of the best. He's one of my favorites. He's sort of Ooh. like one of my, uh, John Doyle. 
Who is John Doyle? Doyle, dude. Uh, heck, Doyle. Oh, Doyle. Oh, John Doyle. Doyle rules. Doyle rules. Amazing. John, is it John Doyle? Oh, dude, you ha- I have to edit this out. Why? What, right? I, mean, I feel like I should know his name. I just know it's, it's Doyle. Right. It's all right. Christian conservative content creator. I don't know why I was like weird. I didn't know his name. John, John Doyle. Doyle. He's great. He's hilarious. Uh, he's pretty red pilled. He's like, I would say he's like, uh, this is actually probably a horrible thing. Sam, I'm not going to say that, but he's good. And so there's <laughs> nobody cares like what anybody's saying, but like Glenn sometimes will just go. He's somebody told him that basically this guy that like worked at Claremont that all these Claremont guys are freaking like right wing psychopath. Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Want to be like the next Caesar and all this sort of stuff, which is just, it's insane. And I think they already talked it out or whatever, but I was mad because like I worked, they were like drawing ridiculous connections. And I was like, dude, I worked at daily caller with Logan Hall. And then we both went to new founding. And then we both went to the blaze. So like we are actually like the true uh, anti-constitutional right-wing propagandists. You guys should be writing fucking cool conspiracy articles about us so that the feds will check us out. But I'm never in any of these articles. So just mad about that. Sorry. You're mad about not being mentioned. I mean, so I'm what joking. did they actually I'm say? Joking, so what do you mean? What so do you mean he read the the read the riot act? Like, or what do you mean? He was he like, "Oh man, these people are like anti constitutionalists and blah 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 blah." And like, basically, you mean Glenn Beck said that about his own people? Sort of, a little bit. So is Glenn really Beck like to. not related to the Blaze anymore? No, he is. We he, we were in the, all in the same building when this went down. I just don't know, like if he fully understood like he had there he was talking about charles haywood and all this stuff and then like negatively right yeah and all connected yeah and so it was like a whole big thing but i think they talked it out and it was like you know it was settled which is it's ridiculous because like matthew peterson's taught classes on the constitution he's like it's not it's not at all sort of his i don't know that's sort of like funny meme stuff that's not actually where his mindset is but um but i love that about the blaze like we totally do not all agree on anything and i didn't know this either so when i met glenn and i love glenn the dude's fucking awesome he's totally like an old school radio guy like yeah about like like that type of personality those are old school personalities right like you can definitely like very vulnerable very sort of almost comes off as in it almost like seemingly insecure in some sense. Like they almost have to be, you know, those sort of like old school radio heads, like they love to, they kind of love to be loved. Um, they're always sort of on. Yeah. Uh, if they're yeah. not, they're kind of dicks, but he's not really like that at all. Like I've he's, but he is totally like great personality so sweet could be a great politician. If you wanted to makes everybody feel special really fucking like very like a vulnerable person like he really like is is, like really cool and open so that's sort of uh i think you know i told him my political beliefs (laughs) i don't think my political beliefs and his sort of aligned but glenn back yeah glenn back glenn back was like dude glenn back makes like 40 million a year whoa jesus yeah dude he's got a crazy radio 
contract. He's got whatever his interest is in the blaze. He's got so many, he's got so many irons in the fire. He's, he's really, that guy is doing real good. And I think just his contract is like 20 or 30 million. I'm not kidding. I think you can Google that. That's all like public knowledge, I think, but he's, um, Glenn, but he's there every day. He's in the office with everybody else. It's a really, really? pretty much everybody's there. Yeah. And he's hanging out with everybody. He's chopping it up. I saw, did you see this movie um, that just came out uh, called, it's a fucking movie that he's in it. It's like this like kind of horror movie that's like ultra based. No. <laughs> I got to check that out. That's wild. That's awful though. Oh, that sounds, wait, wait, is wait, it wait, good? Wait. No, no, hold on, hold on. Glenn Beck, God damn it! I was just like talking. You know who Glenn Beck is? Are we thinking of the same guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Nefarious. It's this movie. Nefarious. Oh yeah, he's in it. Yeah, dude, he's in it. He's in the. He's at the end. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you know that whole that was all a little bit astroturfed, I think, right? What was? What do you mean? The, that movie. What do you mean by that? That was just like a right wing movie that like oh wasn't yeah no shit and it's, then and obvious. then only like right the only reason we all found out about it is because they did like a really they did a paid social campaign so like a lot of people tweeted about it. Dude, I think that these first of all, I loved Nefarious. I thought it was fucking awesome. I mean, I it's like I thought TV, it was all right. I thought it was good. It's like TV movie quality. John Doyle is who told me about that movie. Yeah. It's no, I mean, it's not like super well made, right? It's not like amazingly like it's like a TV good. movie. It's like a it's like a TV movie level quality. Yeah, but it's a little lifetime movie, very my lifetime movie. But just like the writing and the content are like really fucking good. Like like it's like it's like very intellectual. It's like got a lot of cool facts and shit in it. You know, like uh, it's very like challenging to obviously like like uh, because there's, there's like an abortion that happens in it. And like it's it's uh, I was so entertained. I was like completely entertained by that movie. Like, you know, maybe it didn't like change my life, but I was like watching the movie made me feel like it used to feel when you watched a movie. Right. Whereas when yeah. I watch a Netflix movie or when I watch like a mainstream movie, even if it has nothing to do with politics, I'm completely nauseated by like the end of act one, because there's going to be the token, you know, there's going to be the interracial couple. There's going to be the gay person. There's going to be, you know, like th there's not going to be anything in there. That's challenging. They're not going to challenge any interesting ideas, blah, blah, blah. I also just watched, uh, well, hold on. We're, just on that note, what, um, identity John Cusack, you know, that movie. Yeah. It gave me that vibe. So I liked it for that because you're sort of like you have this you keep coming back to these like the demon character and hit that monologue or the dialogue, I guess, that they're doing is definitely. Yeah, I liked that, but I was like. I was a little put off when I found out it was just sort of like a. I don't know, AstroTurf right wing psyop like they oh, can make, yeah. they can I mean, it's make way more like do more movies like I don't know. I thought it was just like we had found this movie that somebody else made, but I think it was like made for that reason. Oh, definitely. It was absolutely made as like an AstroTurf right wing movie, but so was um, Sound of Freedom. And I just watched Sound of Freedom and I loved it. I loved it. You didn't like it? Dude, you don't know. You don't, you don't know what's going on with that. 
No, what's going on with that? This, this oh, you mean actually, the guy? You mean the guy? Yeah, maybe yeah, this the controversy. Yeah, good yeah. to talk about, but it's not good. What do you mean? What do you mean? Oh man, uh, I think I should probably not talk about it. Well, no, I think this is all I mean, out. It's public the, knowledge. The, oh, public the controversy. Yeah, the controversy with the guy is public knowledge. Yeah. Well, you know what's fucked up is that he's Mormon. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's Mormon. Yeah. And yeah. I believe Glenn Beck is Mormon. Oh, Glenn Beck is also Mormon. Okay. I believe. And so he trusts. But do you guy. actually know anything about this, or are you just saying what you've heard, like the controversy over the guy? Because I've talked to some Mormons about this, and they're like, "Yeah, it's not." Yeah. Have you actually like looked at the actual? He was yeah, I know, but dude, but the dude, Mormon church. Not- Whoa, dude. The Mormon church does not excommunicate people unless you do something real bad. I don't know, man. I talked to like a, an act, you know, like a hardcore Mormon about this. And he was like, nah, it's just I mean, have you actually some read- of the hardcore Mormons are into like the shit, the weird mystical version eh, of Mormonism? Have you actually seen the read the OK, we got to like tell the audience what we're talking about. So Sound of Freedom is about this guy who uh, saves kids from sex trafficking. The movie is fucking great. I love the fucking movie. I love it. And I love my, it for the same reason I love lived hard wife loved it. Yeah, and dude. she loved Operation Toussaint, which Glenn is also in. Oh, wait, what's that? That's another one. That's another one of these. That's like a documentary sort of following the same thing. I and mean, what's so great is my wife met Glenn. My wife's huge lived hard, right? And she met Glenn in Dallas and she was like completely charmed by him. Like, that's what I mean. Like, the dude is just so charming. Great. Like, I don't know. It's awesome, dude. Love him. And so she's watching this documentary about operation Toussaint. you know because she's like i cannot believe all this this is amazing this guy's a hero and then like yeah. next scene is like glenn beck and she's like oh my gosh like, yeah. <laughs> these are the we're the only people that care about the kids right but then well, yeah yeah and something ain't happen something ain't right apparently with this guy that's what they okay can we just we got to tell the fucking audience what we're talking about yeah, yeah, so so okay sound of freedom Movie huge hit made like a hundred million dollars, uh, or more. The reason it was two hundred million, but yeah, maybe yeah, huge. But it's like a Christian movie, right? So you think it's one of these Christian movies that is like you know, Jim Caviezel. Yeah, one of the, but it's like there's this whole set of Christian movies that are like you know, like the there was American Underdog was one about the Kurt Warner story, <laughs> which sucked. It was fucking terrible. And but Sound of Freedom comes along. It's this movie about saving kids from sex trafficking, and it's fucking great. It's really good. Like the the quality of the movie is good. It looks good. The casting's great. It's really well written. Like it's a good like action movie. And it deals with this problem that is like a real serious fucking problem. Like if you've gone to Cambodia before, like you see this shit up close and it is fucking horrifying, dude. Like the child sex trade is like real and it is fucking bad. It is horrible. It's like a horrible evil that is in the world right now. Yeah. And, no, and of course, no one wants to talk about it because the the left, the left can't handle it for whatever reason. You know, you want it maybe because they're Satanists or maybe because they just don't like things that are outside of their narrative. Right. And this is like not in their narrative. So right. they just don't really know how to deal with it. And so. I've seen this shit up close and it is fucking horrifying and evil as fuck. And this deals with it like full, fully deals with it. 
And it's really a good story. As I'm saying, same reason as Nefarious, because we're so desperate for this perspective. We're so desperate for like a different perspective about the world that these right wing movies that even you're right, they are like overtly right wing. I love them. I totally think this is where culture is going. And a lot of people disagree with me. A lot of people say, no, you can't make political art. You know, it shouldn't be coming from a place of politics. I completely reject that. I think that these movies that are dealing with these perspectives are great. And I would rather watch a hundred sound freedoms than a single fucking like Netflix bullshit, same story, oh, the same well, hold principles, on. you know, but what you're here's, I agree with you in principle. What I'm wondering though, is if, if I got a Spielberg Netflix movie, right. And it's a, let's uh, say he does a saving private Ryan of the Iraq war, right. Let's say Spielberg does that. And we had the budget to do it. And Spielberg decided I'm going anti-woke basically with this and I'm getting all the white boys and the message is going to be like white, you know, good old white boys have basically been the guys that have been killed in every war. You would that would be a change in culture and it would be the greatest movie probably like that would kill Top Gun. That would probably go down as like whatever. And then I don't know if it would win an Academy Award, but it would cause such a crazy ripple. Right. So it's like it doesn't. But when the right does it, it doesn't. You're just speaking to your audience. It doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't like. But obviously, that's not true. It's obviously not true because look at Sound of Freedom. Well, yeah, that, that's, that, and people love this movie. That look audience, at, the audience is there. I don't, to be fair, the audience is there. I just, people I'm love that movie, that, like, not just because future, it's right but the future. I don't know if that's true. The future. Of course, it's true. It's a good movie. It's an exciting film. I think people went out because the right wing marketing machine is there in America is mostly a conservative country. I don't think that that's true at all. I think somebody like me, like I'm nobody goes to see movies in the cities, dude. I'm sensitive to this shit. I don't I hated American underdog, the Kurt Warner story. I was like, yeah, this shit fucking sucks. (laughs) Sound of Freedom is different. Sound of Freedom is is genuinely good because it's dealing with a topic that the mainstream can't touch. And we want to see these stories. It's the same thing with Nefarious. Like Nefarious is good because it's a shitty TV movie, but it's effective like how Twilight Zone used to be effective because it's asking new questions. Like the left is so boring. But how do you get, and maybe you don't need this, and this is a question, but like, how do I get the view to talk about my movie? Who gives a fuck? You don't need the view to talk. But how do you movies. how do you permeate normie culture if you can't get mainstream? Attractive? You don't you you don't try. This is what I keep. This is where I really do differ from. I really genuinely differ from the mold bugs of the world. I don't think you try. You don't try. You don't try and get the New York Times to write about you. You don't try to get Harvard to care about you. You just make your own shit. You know, just make your own shit. And the culture is splitting in half right now. It's splitting literally in two. And yes. I think that you just, you, you just, not, not to say you don't want them to write about you, you know, not to say that you don't want them to pay attention to you, but you just don't try to influence them. Like you don't try in any way. You just like make your own shit, man. You know, it's Can not, I it's not like, well, like gangster rap, Gangster rap didn't take over the world because like 
Easy E was like calling up the New York Times and being like, hey, write about us. You know, like Easy E took over the world because he was doing his own shit, you know? Right? Like, I don't know. Um, is that true? I don't know. Was it not? What was, he, what was Easy I thought we all watched the same movie. <laughs> Wasn't it the Jews that came in and made them famous? Exactly. And what why so, do you think, just why, saying, what do you think you, I'm doing? This is my point, right? <laughs> this is sort of my point, which is like, you can always just be doing your gangster rap in South Central. Or you can or you have to. And dude, this is OK. This is this might this could get me fired. I'll tell you this. This is like one of my little uh, side conspiracy theories. Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein was like kind of based a little bit because well, he all of the Tarantino movies and he made all the Scorsese movies and he made all the movies that basically had white male protagonists that were crushing it and making incredible movies over and over and over and you couldn't like there was that whole period where it was just white dudes winning oscars and then every now and then you'd throw in you'd throw a bone to like denzel well yeah right, right. but i mean but the, there but, wasn't even the consciousness of it you know what i mean like that's there, what i'm saying nobody even like, thought of what he was doing wasn't even wrong at that point yeah. So I'm just saying, like, he was the sacrificial lamb of, of Hollywood and somebody needs to retake that. You have to conquer their. They, they, you never past. will. You will never I conquer them. I don't think that's true, because if I think if you look at that bitch that did Barbie. Sorry, I said that. But if you look at the girl that did Barbie, I think she has like a streak of basedness about her. There's something that people like about that she doesn't just cut one way. Even if it's fake and gay, people and she's getting the actors that kind of want to do that. I think people like the shit is even my libtard friends hate the same shit that you hate. Normal liberal people do not like to be pandered to. Like it was cool for five years. Like it's yeah. super shitty and sucks when everything is like this now. It and it's hurting them at the at the uh, box office. They're losing money on movies. Like I really, I really, truly think you have to retake them. But you, but it's hard. Like who's going to write those movies? Like it has to be somebody that's already there. It's just we haven't built the institutions that makes the good writer, the good movie maker. Right. That's not even true though. We have. It's just they tried and cancel it. Like again, I know that we. Yeah, have talked I about think this. that's fair. Dragged across concrete, which is in actuality. Is that like, good? Drive Across Concrete is so based. It's and it's based in oh, like really? a it's it's based in like a that. dissident right way. Like is it like that on it, Netflix? Yeah, well, it's by this guy Craig Zoller. Craig Zoller did um uh Battle in Cell Block 99 or whatever. He did uh Bone Tomahawk. Did you see Bone oh, Tomahawk? Dude. Fucking sick movie, right? And so the reason why Bone Tomahawk <laughs> is right wing is because you have the bad guy being these native americans but who are called troglodytes right but it's very much like an other like the other they're right. like not even human right so like a left-wing normal hollywood which is now ultra far left could never make that movie his movie his movie with mel gibson uh which is fuck i love this movie it's called dragged across concrete it's a cop movie him and vince vaughn cops every single thing in that movie is like dissident right wing based like there's a woman who like doesn't want to leave her baby and like some cuck like boyfriends like no you need to go to work honey and then she gets killed and it's like you know she, she regrets 
everything about that movie is like Twitter right wing, which is I, I'm so shocked. That epic. They for some reason, like they still don't understand this. But then Zoller, he was working with Dallas Saunier or whatever. And they all got like canceled. Like they all got like pushed aside, like Hollywood, like really fucked them over somehow. And so they're really quiet right now. And nobody like knows even what they're doing. I think Dallas Sunny like works for daily wire, but daily wire is just going to crank out these bad, bad movies. Like, right. Like it's just going to be these kind of like annoyingly like Ben Shapiro right wing type of movies, which suck. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not hating on daily wire. I think it's cool what they're doing, but they also, I think Jeremy boring always wanted to be an actor. So I think that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. And boring's kind of weird. Like he's got some weird, he's got, he's like a little, I mean, he's an incredible businessman. I, I, he's def, I think you have to be weird to do this shit, man, to like make money in this game, especially in the right. You gotta be a weirdo because there's not like, I don't know. It's not it doesn't work the same way where like everybody in the culture is supporting your stupid fucking idea. Like yeah. you don't get to be Ibram Kendi or whatever and get 50 fucking million dollars yeah, to blow right. in some fucking office in Chicago. Like yeah. it's all out in the open. You're it's it's fucker walk like you have to make money. Yeah. And these dudes are fucking weird. And so like when shit does we work for them, they double down on shit that like I don't know. They think I I think Daily Wire is probably going to kill itself doing too many things. Yeah. Uh, and not doing the media thing. But then again, I, I don't know. My argument against that would just be like so much of their media thing was just Ben Shapiro five years ago and he built it into a massive machine. He brought in a couple new people. That's fine. But I don't know. Then like. This is a this is a problem that all these media companies are having. And, and uh, you and I have talked about this a lot, like everybody's competing for an ever shrinking pot of whatever subscription revenue, um, money, like getting money out of readers versus like running advertising um, and figuring out a model to still do news and commentary and content and media. And, uh, and, and you can get the eyeballs, but how do I convert these eyeballs into, you know, into customers? How do I convert, eyeballs into meaningful eyeballs for for our clients it's all really tough and so and when your entire business model sort of relies on just content from people that can go somewhere else somebody else that has an audience or they have their own audience um then what do you really have you you have you just have your credibility and sort of the audience you've built and so um, I think the next step, and this is again this is something else we've also talked about, is like how do I how do I just continuously give value to these users that come to our site, and how do I? And so I think Daily Wire, in some sense, is doing some great stuff, and they're moving and they're moving quickly to like quickly ramp up ways that make money for them, but also are, are giving their. But I think some of that stuff is like gimmicky some sense so um and it's nothing against them at all i think they're they're wildly successful everybody wants to do be like daily wire but um the core values of like what does it mean to like be a part of like what the blaze what we're trying to do or i think any sort of right-wing media at this point what they're trying to do is like if i'm going to give you a community i want to also give you access to shit right so that's like the based box right yep it's something yeah. we've talked about, which yeah. is like, how do I get access to really good vendors? 
TikTok is doing this really fucking well right now. I'm a digital media guy. I know people hate on TikTok, but I am. I have to use all these. I have to use these things. I have to figure out like how to make money in the world. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, are sure. selling incredibly well because they do it all in app. You don't have to go off app to purchase something. And so people are just like getting, seeing basically, uh, you know, users using this actual product in real time and being like, oh man, this is delicious. Oh man, this is amazing. Hesty is going to be a great place. Like maybe TikTok, you can't do cigarettes, but no, yeah, you can't, like these so. type of people, like the more it's tough, there's all these regulations for a lot of different things, but TikTok's doing great. But that's like, how do I give access? So like for the blaze, like eventually we want to do um, financial products, right? Or we want to do um, th like, there's so many things we want to build directories, like business directories, both, both local. That's something that, us. uh, uh square uh town square is town doing square right yeah, yeah, doing, yeah. you know yeah yeah, yeah. people are, are catching on to this idea that uh the the parallel economy has to happen yeah. Um, yeah and so that's a huge thing about what we're trying to talk about and also start to provide through the blaze and what the blaze is in the future because media companies the that model is broken and it might be over i think and I don't yeah, know what I, mean, I don't know what you think about that. That's like because I, I think I totally yeah. agree. I mean, but that's why I was a little bit surprised that you guys uh, decided to not do all paywall, right? Because isn't the new Blaze all paywall? It's not all paywall. We're just going to do some premium. Oh, yep. okay. So I thought we're just the going whole no ads. Was... No, we're actually just doing. Uh, we're oh, no. so you probably said no about twenty percent. No ads and 20%, uh, about 20% of our content, you know, depending on what's going on and, and, and what's what's happening, about 20% of our content will be paywalled. Okay. So opinion type stuff, you know, high quality content type stuff that we're. So that then we're what do you mean? Like, then how is the blaze going to not be another one of these media companies that's just dead? Oh, because the way we're, we're just. The, our main goal is to get away from being paid strictly by Google mainly, you know, or, or all of these ad servers. So, and we have the support built in through our audience to do that with our, with our price point, both with um, the combo with blaze TV and blaze news, but even just blaze news, just for our content, we have the, we, I mean, we just did a, you know, basically a multi-million dollar launch in the last uh two weeks so and it was epic and it was a and that was with no paid we did no paid yet we have we have done z basically zero paid advertising so far um with this product and it's been our the the support's been overwhelming from the audience so and i think that just comes from the way that we positioned it and pitched it which was like we if you want to like not support this shit like we're gonna go ad free but support us and so we have a tip option we got all this sort of stuff that people can do uh that people can give us money so um, the only issue with that is like i i do think there's a problem there with people don't do subscript stack subscriptions for publications people do yeah. Substack subscriptions for people Right. Yeah, and dude, and hundred percent—that's a hundred percent the situation. And I think if 
you go to the blaze right now, that's sort of why we put a lot of focus on the author. Yeah, we have, we have yeah. author. We have the author illustrations. We're going to eventually do author specific newsletters. We're yeah. basically building a, a Substack platform um, for ourselves for the Blaze, in in in, in some sense, uh, because everybody's going to have a, you know, their own newsletter basically that's going to be based on what they write. Maybe they can do their own, you know, emails within that. But every writer is going to be able to have their own email and everybody uh and then there's sections we have a line we have return uh we have fearless so fearless is sort of like more of our sports but it's more of like um a little bit more sports culture but you know business culture and stuff then we have a line which is really business um and lifestyle focus and then you have return which is our super niche dissident right fucking nerd fucking the best i think they're the best but it's so and that's james petty shit that's yeah, James. Work. Yeah, it's heady shit. And what's cool is like that is like so not the core of Blaze, yeah. uh, but people are loving it right now. With some of our top articles, um, you know, so that's what's weird and sort of cool. And so what we were talking about before, which is like, how do I put this shit in the hands of like a boomer? It's not really the, what we need to do. But if I can, if we and this is a testament to uh tyler cardin our ceo and just like the whole sort of board everybody that sort of runs blaze like whoever that is um the to take the risk to get somebody like that who is a little bit more niche and just put some of that content out and getting a guy like peterson who's gonna who's also gonna want to take those risks like and then seeing that actually return like when in the numbers when you're just looking at like google analytics or, or Chartbeat, whatever you're using to sort of look at how popular their article is that's pretty that's awesome and then we're getting some conversions on top of that which is that's the goal right that's what we're trying to do so but ultimately like you're just churning out lifetime value of people like i feel like the subscription model is going to die i feel like people are losing disposable income every day especially boomers like they can't also they can't subscribe to the daily caller and daily wire yeah right that's that's a little bit of the it's like yeah. it's like literally not possible so like how do we figure that out and so a lot of it for us is pitching the mission not value unfortunately yeah. that makes sense but the value is the mission like hey dude just support us because you're you're actually fighting against the fucking the gay Jews or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, and like, if you, I'm just kidding, by the way. But, but like, you can fight, you know, f- instead of you just having a shitty browsing experience, stories like, you know, the only stories you're getting are just like, you know, machete wielding man, like, hunts down girlfriend, you know, and you share, and that's all you're seeing on Facebook. Like, we can actually, like, if you give us some money, we can go figure out, like, what actually happened on January 6th we can actually figure out what happened in Maui. These are documentaries we have coming out and big stories we have coming out. Um, that's the shit we can do, right? Like that's actually what we're trying to do. So you're just pitching mission, but eventually we have to deliver on some like crazy new value. And I'm, I'm with you, dude. It can't just be an article that might've worked. Like it's not a magazine. It is a magazine, but it's not a magazine. We actually trying to make it look like a magazine, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I think that model's dead, but we're gonna what we're gonna be able to build is when we bring in all these businesses, when we bring in um, 
I think the influence that we're able to, there's just like a lot more things we can do. We're just, we're, I just think advertising and, and marketing and media are still stuck in the eighties in a lot of ways, eighties and nineties. They just don't want to sort of change. They don't want to be, you know, creative because you have all this data, like you can sell people different things. You can monetize this data in different ways, like, but they don't want to do that. They want to write articles, which is fine, but. I mean, you're a writer. Well, somebody is going to figure out how to do this. I, I think that, you know, you got to look at the things that work and the things that are successful. And I think that people are making inroads into building this economy. I think that the but old, the, the, I think people make a lot of mistakes in understanding like what something like vice was, right? Like a lot of people look at vice and they think we want to be like vice and they think that, Oh, well, we need the new vice or we need the right wing vice. And they look at vice and they think, well, vice was just making really cool content and people loved it. And so, you know, they made money because people loved the content and that's it. And they try and like build these media companies and they think, well, I'm going to get a bunch of people to, either pay to subscribe to me or I'm going to get a bu bunch of, you know, I'm going to attract a bunch of advertisers. And it's like, people don't understand that the patronage network of the left that is the media is a network of propaganda. You know, it's like a, a lot of those magazines are just zombies. A lot of the, like, like Harper's magazine doesn't make money. They're owned by the MacArthur Grant Foundation. I mean, like, you know, like so many, you think that Condé Nast, like, do you think GQ makes money? Like, fuck no. GQ doesn't make money. They're part of Condé Nast's massive global regime that is funded in all kinds of weird ways. You know, like, like it's it's the same thing with Bud Light. It's like, you know, AB InBev. Yeah, and this is the point. And you so they, 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 hold on, they, then they try and replicate vice. They're like, oh, I'm going to, but I'm going to make something really cool and people are going to love it. And it's right. like, no, look at the numbers. 85% of all of these dollars of digital media is eaten by Facebook and Google. Like, like the, nobody makes money on programmatic. Nobody makes money on social media uh, advertising, you know, besides people who figured out the DTC game, like, well, right. But that's a totally different thing. That's that's not your media company. Right. Like people people need to read the tea leaves and they need to say how much money is Vice worth? Nothing. It's worth zero dollars. <laughs> and they were the most popular. They were the most popular you know media brand in the world. So like if they're worth zero dollars, um, where is this value going to come from? And to me, the value is going to come from finding new creative ways to capture the demand that was once present in advertising. Advertising right. used to be the backbone of this entire thing, right? Again, like I always say, like, what is Substack's revenue a year? Yeah, that's, a good, I'm not even sure. I don't even- 17 million. Okay, it's nothing. Yeah, which is nothing. It's like a fucking, I've worked at small influencer yeah, agencies that make, a, that make 17 not million a huge number at all. a year. <laughs> like, well, like I, I could point, make though, seventeen million dollars a year, yeah. and and like uh, you know, like my like Will, it would not be out of the realm of insanity for Will the agency to make seventeen million dollars a year, like soon. 
And that's Substack, supposedly like the best, you know, like the most exciting project in the game competing with Twitter. Twitter, even after half the advertisers left, makes two billion. Two billion a year for, for Twitter, like right. handicapped Twitter, because they're capturing the ad spend, right? So whoever figures out how to capture the ad spend of the dissident economy, because what we have is we might not have the patronage network, we might not have the brands, we don't have the distribution, we don't have any of the shit, but we do have the demand. The demand is absolutely there, right? You see it with Black Rifle Coffee, you see it with uh, uh, Sound of Freedom, you see it with what happened with Bud Light. Well, you, there um, is the demand. Black the demand Rifle exists. Coffee is, is not dissident, right? Well, no, exactly. But they, you know, uh, uh, were able to capture that demand by bullshit, right? I mean, they they faked it. Well, I just mean like, well, it's your... The demand is there, but it's it's these platforms. And this is and this kind of goes back to what you were just saying, which is like you. You watch a off a local football game, if you watch a Redskins game from 1993, you saw ads for your local gas station or whatever your local um, locksmith, you know, your local cable company. When now all of your advertising is basically pre-bought by like 15 companies there's almost no local advertising on almost any medium except for facebook instagram those sort of things like kind of the only places where you're ever going to be effective with any sort of local marketing but if i'm trying to reach this dissident right the only place i can really reach them is like the places they hang out which is always going to be twitter but we don't care about the dissident right. Look, the dissident right is a bunch of angry white dudes who don't. Well, spend then who do I care anything. about though? It's still going to be the boomer. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. No, you're 100 percent correct. Yeah. You you we, you need to appeal to the boomer. You you have to get capture that huge, massive right wing audience, right? Or not even right wing, just you know, construction worker. You know, whoever did the Bud Light thing, right? You you have to capture all of that spending. And the thing is, what's amazing about the left, what's amazing about what they've achieved, they built this network that works so well that it's just like endless free money. You know, Nike can give $50 million to Black Lives Matter in one year that just evaporates into thin air and they're totally fine. They can do it again the next year. You know, they can give... They can pay the salaries of one hundred, you know, not a hundred thousand, but ten thousand. Sure. What do know, I? But yeah, TikTok I project managers who are never working from the that. pool. They they are so well set up. They they've figured out how to connect the people who spend money with, so, you know, products from China so well that they just have, you know, so much fat in the system. Whereas we have nothing. We have jack shit. The right, the, the, the right has done nothing. They have literally just allowed themselves to completely get destroyed. And this is why the mold bugs of the world say, you know, what we think of as the right wing is actually just fake controlled opposition. It's not even real because the people in power, the NRA, where's the fucking NRA? You know, where, where is the gun manufacturers? Where are any of the, why do we not see on the blaze or on any TV network 
an ad for a gun, like a gun. You know, you don't see any of these uh, people who should have been creating these patronage networks. They all just don't do it, right? They they don't put their money into influencing culture in any way. But why did that happen? It was is that a is that a symptom of sort of libertarian right wing idea where it's like we don't build yeah, good apparatuses really because. Weird. Like we're against that in some sense, like that just is that's just bureaucracy. I think it's because liberalism and capitalism are kind of like tied up with each other, you know, like globalism wants free trade, no borders, cheap labor. You know, they want uh, they hate Trump. Trump is like a like the WTO, um, the, you know, WEF. The IMF, these organizations only want free commerce. They only want more connections, low tariffs, no isolationism, no war. They hate these. They hate anything that blocks access to free labor and access to more people to buy your shit. That's all they want, right? So liberalism and that force are tied together, right? Whereas the other side, the right wing side, the reason why guns are shit on, the right reason why tobacco is shit on, the reason why oil is shit on is because those are all right wing industries. So the powers that be like the globalist powers that be push those down and push up. uh, Oh, sustainable, even though sustainability is the same shit as oil, it's still mining stuff in Africa. It's really no different at all but they don't control those industries. So that's why they want renewable sources because oil and gas is controlled by Texas. It's controlled by a bunch of, you know, Christian dudes who live in fucking Midland, Odessa, you know, and so they don't control that industry. So, and and the Saudis, so they want to find other sources outside of that. Right. But it is the, the fault of the Texas boys and of the tobacco boys and of the like, you know, the formerly the Bush family, they allowed themselves to to die. Right. They allowed themselves to get eaten and pushed down and pushed out. And so really it is on that. I mean, like the, the business leaders of yesterday should have paved the way for well, there was no counter revolution. Right. They didn't do anything. They did. They, they just allowed themselves to get fucked. Sorry. No, you're what you're a hundred thousand percent right. There has been there's never there has not been a counter revolution in this country. Yeah. Against progressivism. And it and over the last 20 years, it got really gross and insidious, I think. When it got into culture, everything, when everything was the default is wokeness which I hate using that term anymore, but it's the best term to just describe it now. Like when everything became default, you know, interracial couple, which I'm I'm in an interracial relationship. I'm not against it. I'm just saying. But when you're when you're brainwashing everybody all the time with nonsense, when that became the default, which it wasn't in the 90s, right? I'd say mid mid 90s, early 90s. It was it late 90s is when it kind of started politically incorrect those that term started getting thrown around in the late 90s i believe mid yeah. to late 90s yeah 
people would say you're being politically incorrect. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when the that was the beginning. We all grew up in a time before that where we knew it wasn't like that. It was awful, like it or it wasn't awful, and it was it was great. But that counter revolution has never happened, and it might. It's like, but all the tools for the counter revolution, because the counter revolution came through Hollywood before, right? It came through all of these institutions. But now these institutions are completely hijacked by the machine. Like Hollywood used to, it, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just, and maybe I'm using the wrong thing. Maybe I'm using the wrong like totem. Like I think it's Hollywood, but it's like at least music, like all these things used to be the counterculture. Yeah. Yeah. Like punk music. Yeah. Like yeah. Being like it was, it was anarchic you know, or it was Nazi or it was something like that. Right. It was like, these were the counterculture. Hollywood was spoke truth to power. Like the thing people always say now, but it's like, now those institutions are owned. We like, what do we do now? And, and everything is democratized or democratized now, I guess. But it's like, are you just going to make the most popular Twitter movie ever? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you literally more people because you can literally make sound of freedom. And I'm telling you, I, nobody gives a shit. Ultimately, like yeah. your average voter doesn't. You can make two hundred million dollars and not move the fucking needle on anything that matters, which is the the thing that is like. Which is way different than collecting subscription dollars. Don't get me wrong, dude. That's just marketing. That's e-commerce. You can convince anybody to give you money. Like there's a million cult fucking shows. I'm not saying this is a cult. I'm just saying like we're actually trying to like do journalism. It's not the point. It's more of like I would I in a perfect world, people that join the blaze would be able to make a difference in their lives somehow. Like that's actually the value we have to give people if they're giving their money to these like movements and causes because it has to be like it has to be a cultural movement it, it has it can't just be a and you can't just be another news choice yeah exactly and you can't just fill your news be a whole and the thing that i love about what the blaze is doing is you guys are very dedicated to not filling your website with these horrible ads you know for boner pills and fat pills and all of these like terrible products right which i mean dude which, we were doing that until three weeks ago so yeah, i mean no i know and i i love there's a shit guys... ton of money in it <laughs> but yeah no. you're right that no, and i love that you guys have have said <clears throat> you know we're not doing that like we're we're dedicated to not doing that because i think that that so much like people think that it's separable but it's actually not separable like the shit that you put the ads that you put on your site are not separable from the quality of the content. And, you know, you see people do, Oh, I just saw somebody do this. And it was, I was so disgusted. Like it was some big person and they put something in their feed that was like such a low quality product. I wish I could, I was just thinking about this and it was like, man, you don't realize like they think it's separable. Like you think you can separate your, the quality of your message from the brands you're shilling, but you can't, it's all one thing It is literally all one giant, like cultural thing. And the right is trash because the shit that they're shilling is trash. Like, and that's why we need to elevate the whole thing. And I really do think the blaze is like a part of that. I think what you guys are doing is like very conscious of that. And it's well, like, yeah, and, a, yeah, and, a, and I think in a perfect world, 
you know, it's going to be bringing in really awesome brands because we want to change what advertising is and we want to put, we want to change how, you know, users interact with our site because they want value. Right. So we want to, we want to make really good, like wire cutter, a wire cutter, the right, right. Like where people actually get super incredible value out of our content can use it. And then we can connect them to a based brand. We can make some money on the back end, obviously off of selling to our audience, but we're not selling bullshit. And we have creative arm, right? We can make really good content around really good, uh, uh, products you know we can work with agencies like you we can work with uh like with with will we can work with people on the right that are actually making really incredible stuff that actually can like yeah move, you know, like, it's gonna be just, about like, making do something it. with alex jones here in a second which is kind of that, that'd be dope it's it's about right it's about making sure all the private entities that are part of the moments that are being created are all on the same page of making things beautiful making them strong, making them interesting and making them, you know, things that like Sound of Freedom really was great at this. It, it was a beautiful movie. I mean, it was shot really well. It was marketed well. It was acted well. Like there's great character actors in that movie. Um, you know, it had a, a soul to it. And if we can keep making things like that on the right over and over and over again, you'll see we won't have to infect the New York Times. They're, it's dying. They're killing themselves. Right. You've seen the Oscars yeah. numbers. The Oscars numbers are like losing 10 million viewers a year. Did you, you see know? the new Oscar rules? Yeah, it's dude, they're going to kill That's, themselves. You don't I, have to worry about it. You know, it's like... But you know what's funny is like they're circle jerk. They're okay with killing their circle jerks because it, they'll always win. That's where I feel like you have to. But they won't. They won't always. And that's that's you just the thing, need you know? a couple of the Jews to get on board. That's what we are. I mean, we. That's Hollywood. what's happening. That's what's happening. And you know, at, like like you said with gangster rap, the Jews are always going to be here to ferret out the sub. You know, like the the beautifully subversive thing. Right. Like that's like what you that's what what Jews do. And, they, you know, to for better or worse, you know, for better or worse, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But, you know, I they're think they're going to figure out how to sell what's, what's exactly sell exactly. Right? And that's what's happening. But but the thing is, I mean, from my perspective, it's it's about creating beauty. It's about creating something that's beautiful. And, and when I see nefarious and when I see what the blaze is doing, I think that we're moving to this place of beauty from the right, you know? And and this has happened before. Punk rock, people forget. Punk rock was a right-wing movement. What is Joy Div Joy Division is a Nazi reference. So is New Order, I think. You know, like like these guys, if you see 24-hour party people, great movie about like building a counterculture. These people were like hardcore like racists, you know, or maybe not racist, but like they were definitely pulling right-wing imagery. The futurists you know, which gave birth to fascism in Italy. These guys were hardcore right-wing artists. And that's what's happening now, you know? And, and uh, you know, the 80s, Wall Street, uh, so much of that culture was, was, was right-wing. And I think that that's, uh, right now, the difference with the battle now and the difference, the reason why everything looks all warped and fucked up is because basically... 
culture wanted it to go right. It, it, it was like, you know, like how in the 80s, the 80s were a response to the 60s and 70s. The 60s and 70s, people, were, right. there was 3,000 bombings of the Weather Underground bombing buildings in the country in the 60s and 70s, right? It was very far left. And then culture moved right. And it was great. It like cleaned everything out. Everything felt better. You know, we kind of like got through that period. We had Michael Jordan, you know, uh, grunge music. You know, we had we had this great period. Then we went way left for a long time, you know, very, very far left. And then now what was supposed to happen with Trump was we were supposed to go back right again. Like culture wanted to go right. But by that point, unfortunately, the longhouse had taken control. Right. So you had you had uh, in 100 years ago, how many women were managing your corporation? Yeah. Zero. Like right. maybe one out of 100. Yeah, I mean, the longhouse that, then that you have, you know, 1950, 20 yeah. percent. 1960, 30%, 1970, 40%, 1980, 50%. By the time you get to 2014, 2015, the power structure of your corporation or of your institution is now 70, 80% women, right? So like at least your marketing departments, at least your soft departments, right? So now you have this completely different scenario. You don't have a culture that is able to pivot anymore. Culture can't pivot anymore once you're in that circumstance. And this is nothing against women. You know, women are 100% capable of making beautiful art, of being radical thinkers, of, you know, of making great stuff. I'm talking about an environment that is dominated by women, right? A female-dominated environment is different than a male-dominated environment. It's just the way it is, Right. I yeah. mean, there's no, you can't argue Dude, with that. It's sort of like the Weinstein thing, too. Yeah, exactly. And Weinstein he had happened. an old boys club. Exactly. He kept making bangers. He kept making bangers because uh, he was in those bangers. Was an asshole. Think there. I cannot think of a single Weinstein movie that's woke unless it was like some. Absolutely. But like when I when you think of a Weinstein movie, you think Tarantino movies. Absolutely. You, you think fucking Django. You think like. Or you think uh, Scorsese, you think like white protagonists, almost well, always. And it's not only that, what you think of is Scorsese movies that aren't three and a half hours long for no fucking reason. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that as well. You know sure. what I mean? Because he's got to answer to Weinstein. You know, Tarantino has to answer to Weinstein. He can't just do whatever he wants. Like he's got a huge asshole breathing down his neck the entire time. So he's got to make sure that thing is good. You know, whereas this is the problem with the longhouse, the longhouse, look at, look at Netflix. Uh, she's Indian, Bella Bajaria, whatever the hell her name is, head of content of Netflix. She is on record saying, I don't believe in good or bad. I just think it's whatever your cup of tea is, you know, it's, it's totally subjective. Good doesn't exist. It's just whatever people like. You can't have a good, a, a good culture that way. You have to have somebody at the top who truly believes in good and bad and they they have their strong opinions you know that's how good art is made well i think that's how you that's how you build a brand like hbo mm -hmm. and that's how you also are able to build consistent winners it's this pressure is like true and everything yeah, you have to have pressure netflix you have to have intense a, pressure well yeah but netflix is a sh is shitty 
everyone hates fucking Netflix now. Netflix sucks now. I think it's most so people agree. Yeah. And HBO's falling off because they're not doing the same stuff they used to do. But you knew before, like, if HBO was putting out a show, it was probably going to be pretty good. And they built their entire, like, brand on that. Yeah. And now you they're had, just living yeah. on their laurels. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a book, a great book called Difficult Men that I just read. And it's about the heyday of TV. So it's like Sopranos, The Wire, Game of Thrones, or not Game of Thrones, Sopranos, The Wire, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, right? That era of like great TV. And every single one of these workplaces uh, and um, uh, uh, Deadwood, Every single one of these workplaces was like the most problematic workplace you've ever heard of. Like it was like people being so cruel to each other, all kinds of drug use and sex and like terrible, you know, that's why it's called difficult men because it's like about these like megalomaniacal like dudes who right. were making these TV shows. You unfortunately good art requires this type of environment. You have to have this kind of no holds barred like pressurized everybody's an asshole to each other and this is what we have to make sure we do with you know you have a huge opportunity to do this with the blaze what we have the freedom to do on the right that they don't have to do on the left is we can be assholes like we have to allow each other to be insane fucking assholes and like scream at each other and shit you know like we gotta let that happen because that's where good art will come from and i think that that's what we have to like make sure we're doing on our side it's like being assholes to each other you know yes i think it's but i mean is that dude from a practical standpoint the only future is like and i know this is upsets people is like basically the the right giving up on abortion and so like everything that <laughs> you just said practically comes down to like the hardest most stubborn thing that the right may never do what was okay so hold on what do you explain what you mean explain what you mean being mean to each other would would basically say hey dude like we need to stop living in a shithole country that's just like wants to kill babies all the time and we stop we need to stop living in a culture that just like makes this is like the greatest thing you can do and like that it's good always like we should just live in a more prudent fucking nation. And I think most people are like, all right, at least do what Europe does from like a, an abortion standpoint. But it's like from a creation standpoint, I can't be mean to people at work. Right. Like this is why I love working on the right, because it's not like this for the most part. But like if you work, I've worked in several ad agencies, you've worked in agencies, you there's like three people that like are like have been there long enough where like maybe one of them's good and then everybody else is just sort of like and then if you have the moxie maybe it's just because you make like forty thousand dollars a year and you're one of the new guys like you'll say like oh this fucking sucks right like usually one person has taste and everybody else is just making shitty things because they're they think it's what the client wants or they think it's what their boss wants or something like that but you can't be mean to anybody it's all you there's too many women you work with, which is just a reality. You can't work with women. They have to do certain jobs. Certain jobs are just better at. Sorry. Sorry. Put me in jail again. It's not it's not individual women. It's it's more of right. like it's it's, it's it's in numbers. It only happens when you reach a certain number. Like it's it, the feminine, it, dude. 
because there's right. men yeah. like this too. It's a toxic femininity. Yeah, that right, right, actually, right. thing. There's no such thing as toxic masculinity because if yeah. you are toxic and you're masculine, you're a being a faggot, which means that you're actually <laughs> being a woman. And so that's all that means. If you're actually like a masculine dude, you're fucking killing it, and people want people respect you and they want to work with you. And like those, like some of the best high pressure environments I've been in, nobody fucking hated each other. It was competitive and everybody was fucking killing it and they were doing like good job and they were helping each other. And it was like and they were able to do that because there was no ego and there wasn't women around. Well, and you got to be able to shit on each other. You know, you got to be. Well, yes. Able to say, well, that's the thing. Like, and if there's women bad, around, you know? this is why I went to an all boys military school one year. Yeah. And it was the best schooling I'd ever had because you couldn't you when you say that somebody is a faggot around a chick it's way different than if you're just saying around other guys exactly or when you say something's bad i mean that's yeah. what i yeah getting you're right right, right like when i was a creative director i was you know like total fucking like military captain and i was inside pharma and i was killing it like my team would just win everything but at the end of every week i would get like a stern talking to because i like said I was like mean to Christine when I said that like I didn't like the thing that she had presented and it was like you cannot make something good that way it's impossible you know you got to be able to say this thing sucks you know and that's it but yeah no I was I was extrapolating that idea out to our entire country though as well yeah I think we're we're probably we're, we haven't we haven't been able to shit on anything unless you're a Trump. The biggest shitting on of all yeah. time. Yeah. Where you're yeah, straight yeah. to the point where it was it's OK to just shit on white people and everything else. There's other things like gets me upset about the, the Israel stuff. But obviously, I think a lot of people have made this point, but it's like, you know, everybody only cares when it's like they're yelling about the Jews, like these same exact people were burning down your fucking cities like three yeah. years ago. <laughs> they didn't like, care at all. Right. Were right. Like, and even Trump was like, ah. You know, yeah, it's all yeah. kind of fake and gay. But I think, um, you know, I'm I'm a uh, I'm an optimist, but it's also why I moved to New Orleans, dude. I'm just out of the way. Yeah, if it goes down. Yeah, it's not. I'm going not. Down there. Yeah. It's not going down here. No, Everything, it's not going down. They're still no. going to be making gumbo here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the they're like that, hanging out, hanging out. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, that's what you realize about New Orleans is that's not uh, when the bomb goes off. It's not happening in New Orleans, man. Some terrorists would go to New Orleans and they would just be like, "Oh no, leave these people alone." <laughs> just like, no, let well, them, let I them feel just like they come through New Orleans. Like, trust me, I'm sure they come through here and they're like, "This isn't gonna hurt America." Yeah, <laughs> they're like people here are just not paying attention. It, at this all. place has been destroyed like twelve times in the last twenty years, and yeah. Like, I don't think America cares. There's fine. Although, did you see one of those Hamas or one of those Hamas, one of those like college campus videos of like Jews fighting with with the Palestinians was at Tulane. And I was like, what has happened to Tulane kids if they're like even knowing politics at all? Like those kids should just not be like they're why are they even reading the news? Like when I was there, nobody gave a fuck at yeah. all about anything oh, i don't think that's a bunch of shay whiteys over there yeah doing... it's like what is happening if people are actually like caring about this i don't know you might have cared you're kind of jewish yes dude i mean i 
was, as you know, I was like the biggest self-hating Jew of all time for a very long time. And you know, only now am I accepting my heritage right. and, and like my religion, which is That's good, right. by the way. You know, you should. Is Simpson you, you Jewish? Is Simpson a Jewish? No, name? My, my father is not Jewish. My mother is Jewish. You know, I told I think I told you this before. My my grandmother's maiden name, the non Weinhold white side. I'm half Puerto Rican. Yeah. But my my true family roots on the Simpson side are very deep. There's all Simpsons. That's wait, my, wait a second. What? Who's the Simpson? This is my grandmother. Really? Yeah. All Simpsons. We go way back oh, to the 30s. Yeah. I wonder if we're related. Maybe. Maybe we are. Do you know like where they were that those Simpsons? Yeah, they came into uh like Calvert County, Maryland. 16, Possible. 1632. I, oh yeah, so we're supposed Maryland, to be related to um uh, Hamilton. So we I don't know if you get one of these family trees like when you're a wasp yeah. you get this like family no, tree. Yeah, we so did not I have that. one of these and it goes that's, back to Hamilton. That's it's real waspy. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. It's Hamilton. It's the uh, Hamiltons. Dude, that's very. I'm surprised you didn't go to UVA. I would have if I could have gotten in. I couldn't get in. It's too good a school. I went to GW. I had shit grades. I had terrible grades. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm not terrible, but like not good. Where did you go to high school? In California? Racial Thunderdome. Uh, no, at Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Oh, I went cool. to like like uh, half black, like 5,000 person, like uh, fucking just like gen pop cool. fucking AIDS, AIDS factory. Gen <laughs> 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 oh, pop AIDS factory. No, I've been there. I'm not supposed yeah. to talk about that. But I've been there. I know what you're doing. Yeah, well, we, let's not even, once we open that can of worms, we're never, we're, we're, we have to oh. do a whole other episode. Um, all right, I actually got to go. I got to speaking of, I got to go pick up my daughter. How old's yours again? Seventeen months, dog. Uh, congrats! It's so nice, man. It's so great. It's a big. You really, it gets like, uh, gets hard to leave. It really, gets hard to leave them. You know, I've, I've you travel a lot, dude. I know, but no more, dude. I'm done. I'm done traveling. I'm that's awesome. Yeah, going country. to Dallas alone, it just sucks. Especially at that age, he's actually becoming like a human being for yeah. real. You know, yeah, and then. The next now he's going to start condescending. I can all, he already kind of does, <laughs> you know, when you're like your kid condescends a little bit and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got I know where you got that from. Oh, yeah. No, they, they're <laughs> insanely smart. Like they're really smart. It's it's kind of amazing, like how, how much they know from such an early age, especially if they got some Ashkenazi on there. Yeah, <laughs> just see if they got the Ashk, the Ash. Dude, you know, it's funny. I have a neighbor who's like Jewish. She went to Tulane. She's like. She's from uh, Boston, like North Shore. So like we, you know, she's like the best. She, all she's I'm like in a fantasy football gr group with all these lesbians and trans that are like the most base people I've ever met. They're hilarious. <laughs> we have the grossest group chat. Like it's so it's, all it is is Fed posting. And so uh, wow. but she got her DNA. She's like 90 percent Ashkenazi. I was like, holy shit, dude, you are Jewish as fuck, dude. You're like legit. I didn't yeah. know that was like a thing. I thought like it was hard to even get like, I don't no, know. No, no, mine that's is like a Northeast thing, right? Well, here's the weird thing. So when you do your DNA, mine is 50%, right? 50, yeah, it's 50% Ash. And the other numbers change, right? Oh, so yeah, it's same like, with me, yeah. It's like it's shifting around all the time. Like Germanic, one day I'm Welsh. French, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the yeah, next yeah. day I'm German. 
And then, but the Ashkenazi stays exactly the same always. It never budges, yeah. which is fucking weird. Like, what, that right. makes me think, like, what is this actually? Oh, you're mean? saying they're faking that too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Jews own the I'm six DNA. million percent Ashkenazi. <laughs> yeah. How's that possible? <laughs> no, dude, I'm just joking. But I like, uh, dude, I well, I'm mad. Like, my African keeps going down. Oh, dude. From my what, Puerto Rican African side, I was six. Now I'm at like. Oh, dude. Six. Oh, dude. You might as well be <laughs> black, man. I'm like, like, dude, I'm like <laughs> legit reparations. Yeah, oh, dude, that's boy. that's reparation. I think 6% is reparations. I mean, it's it. North. There's a couple. Some of it's North Africa. So whatever. Maybe it's a little. It doesn't say Arab. It says couple. So, but I got Mali. I got like Mogad. I got like Congo. And Molly in there, it's good, dude. So I'm like, damn. 6%. Oh, they it, they split it up. Even I thought it was oh, just yeah. like Africa, just straight like uh, like Bantu. Nah, you get, Bantu. You get a little, yeah. Band. It just says six percent Bantoid. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, this Are is not that say that out loud. Is that even a word you're allowed to say out loud? This feels offensive. Maybe Bantoid. if I say it in my fake, my fake bat voice. Yeah. Is that really his voice? No, no, it's he puts on an accent. I've never met the guy. He doesn't talk to me. He, I'm, I'm not on his like uh, good list. I used to be, but I somehow uh, fell off his like uh, good list. I think it I've was because talking he, to Tyler. The they, they don't like face. They don't like face fags. Those guys. Yeah. That so makes once sense. you go face fag, you're off the list. That makes sense. No, I'll let you go. But I just wanted to say I talked yeah. to to um. I've talked to Tyler and uh, Matt Peterson. I was like, it would be sick if we could do like an Anthony Bourdain just food show with Bap. Everybody wants to do that. Uh, <laughs> I actually asked him to come on and talk about food also, but that was a long time ago. Um, and he said he was interested and then he it never. Would be uh, so good. I don't know. I'm, 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 uh, you know, I, I would love to have him on to talk about it, but I think, I don't know if like, uh, I don't know. I would. I don't know if, he, like, as a food influencer, if that's really like the future of that. I think. I don't know. Who knows what'll happen? I mean, it would be amazing if you get that for the Blaze. That's for sure. I would watch it. I would certainly watch it. I mean, that. I would. We would. It would be a good gimmick for a little while. Yeah. No. I don't know if he's actually good at entertaining like that, but it would just be funny to like have him just not just like make like you know low-key kind of racist yeah genocidal jokes or uh eugenic jokes but still yeah. talk like food like through the lens of food it would right? be based if he was more like guy fietti though yeah where it was just like a diner strikes and dives style <laughs> with that <laughs> yeah like, yeah all right whatever Dude, this um, has been super fun. I no, really dude, this was really great. All right, I'm going to let you go, and then we're going to talk for a second. Okay, bye. Thank you. I'm sending people to your Twitter and the place.